meeting is being recorded. <laughs> all right, guys. Welcome back to the Whiskey Shaman Podcast. We got a great show for you all tonight. And without further ado, let me introduce Secret Cord Distilling. How are you guys going? Very good. Well, <laughs> Doing, well. Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Awesome. All right. If you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of any socials you have, and we can plug those again at the end, but any socials you guys have and anything any of the, the listeners might want to uh, want to want to get a hold of. Yeah, so um, we do Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, I can't learn TikTok. I don't. I don't get it. So um, we we just stay clear. Uh, so it's just at Secret Core Distillery um, on on both uh, platforms on Facebook and uh, on Instagram. And I don't socialize. So well, that's not good. No, that's that's not exactly true either. <laughs> All right. So oh, tell yeah, me. we're go ahead. I was just gonna say, yeah, we're just a couple of fellas trying to learn how to open a distillery, trying to do all we can to uh, become the greatest distillery in the world, right? That, that's, <laughs> that's what everybody strives to be. So tell us, tell us a little bit yeah. of the the backstory of what made you want to get into it, and then uh, we can just kind of take the progression. And we're both drinking on a little bit of Eleanor from Crowded Barrel uh, tonight. So um, we're going to go through that. And uh, I know y'all guys are active in the, the whiskey tribe and stuff like that. So, yeah, just kind of give us your little bit of back, a little bit of backstory. Sure. So go ahead. I'll start with that because it kind of started with me. Uh, you know, there was a, about a year and a half when the entire world was so bored they were looking for something to do and i uh, happened across uh, something on on uh, amazon and it was cheap and i said i'm gonna go for that uh little vivo still okay uh and you know it's just a little podunk piece of crap but uh you know the as they say the whiskey fairy uh, the liquor fairy came around and uh did some things with it and boy we really thought it was great and that got me hooked uh from from there you know this uh, guy yeah so uh we've known each other for quite some time and so we just we would typically start with like a, a taco tuesday just getting together uh bullshitting a little bit and yeah uh so we he he introduced me to it. he let me try it. he said yeah i've been doing this and First off, it was just kind of shocking how good uh, he could make some, or the, you know, not he, but he being the, he being the <laughs> leader. Theoretically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hypothetically. Uh, yeah. yeah, so yes. it was just kind of crazy how good it was for very little experience and for it being White Dog. I mean, I was never uh, traditionally like a, a, a shine drinker. Uh, I've always liked whiskey, and so I was definitely willing to give things a shot. I was really just kind of blown away, though. And during that time period where everything sucked, um, our jobs were included in that. And so we're both just kind of tired of doing things for other people. Now, granted, we still do things for other people as far as jobs are concerned. But yeah. uh, we just kind of thought, let's just do this on our own. I mean, if you're if you're willing to do like the back end uh, production of it, you know, when the time comes, 
I would gladly do like any of the marketing, uh, writing out the business plan, uh, any networking that needs to be done, um, community outreach type stuff. And so we just decided to go for it. And that's been a couple of years ago. So yeah, yeah. a couple of years now. Okay. So you started off in the shed, like, you know, I've, I've interviewed quite a few people on here and that that's normally how their, their journey starts, you know, just tinkering in the shed yeah. and, and doing stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, is there a business model in, in place right now to where you have a, or working on a storefront or a, a production facility or anything like that? Yes. Uh, so ideally, I mean, yes, we, you know, want to be the best distillery in the world, but, uh, to start, we're going to settle with Wichita. Uh, so, yeah. Um, our idea here is to kind of take, uh, the microbrewery scene here is, uh, pretty outstanding. We have at least a half a dozen really solid micro distilleries, uh, breweries. Just, or, yeah, I'm sorry, micro breweries. <laughs> uh, so we kind of wanted to take that format and apply it as a distillery. Okay. Uh, so have a full bar, um, you know, options for people who might not necessarily want to come drink secret cord. But um, at least start here on a local level where people can just come in and have it, uh, be able to take a bottle with them uh, as they head out. Uh, when it comes to Kansas, the this is probably maybe the least friendly alcohol state uh, in the nation. We have a pretty long-standing history with fighting against alcohol. Um, you know the whole carry nation thing, and that's been kind of a my. Uh, journey is just looking at a lot of the history, a lot of the temperance movement. And so uh, we're pretty much just kind of pushing against that. But right. the laws uh, and regulations are still uh, very difficult. We actually would have to have a commercial lease on a building before we could even apply for a license to uh, produce yeah. spirits. So yeah. um, like I said, we're we're job folk people. Uh, and so we're, you know, not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but, um, you know, living not enough to set a ton back for a distillery. Uh, so we talked about doing investors and going full scale into it, but it's just, there's so much money that we wouldn't have up front. So we're going to start smaller and a little bit more organic and hope to grow from there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause, cause in, in Texas, it's, it's pretty close to that. You know, they want you to have a blueprint of the distillery they want to have it. It can't be at your personal business. It's your postner house. It has to be at a business. Um, uh -huh. You know, you have to have where the mash tun is, all that stuff labeled out, ready to go. Now you obviously don't have to put that where they put it, you know, but at the same time, there's just so many legalities that you have to go through just to get your foot in the door. Getting the DSP is, <laughs> you know, is the easy part as a, uh, you know, when it comes to all that, it's getting all the financial backing, getting all the equipment there, getting all the equipment that you specifically need for your thing. So it's it's uh, it they make it hard on on you from the get go because they don't want you into it. And so it's only the strong that survive. And there's a lot of distilleries out there that aren't surviving because their business plan wasn't the greatest from the start. So I'm glad you guys are taking it step by step and taking it easy. Yeah, I, I think for both of us, I mean, in an ideal world, we'd be commercial in six months, but we both know that it, we got to have some patience and, and take the time. 
uh, and because we also want to do it right, true to ourselves and true right. to you know who we are as as creators, really. Um, so just you know slapping a bunch of stuff together isn't good enough either. We want kind of want things to be in the right order, and and we want to. Uh, well, I, I guess what I'm saying is we just we're willing to take our time on it. Um, I think being patient is uh, important. Now, I, I think I will say that for both of us, that those first three or four conversations, we were just, yeah, in three years, we're going to be, yeah. we're going we're gonna to have it. We're going to have it set in three years. But then I think once we hired an attorney, number one, yeah. and actually started understanding the legalities and, and what goes into it and started talking about licensing and that kind of stuff. I think we both realized, okay, slow your roll. Yeah. Take, take a step back. Approaching yeah. 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 <laughs> it, uh, you know, can't say that it hurts that, uh, you know, in the same regard of, of, of all the waiting and everything, uh, that it allows us a chance to, you know, potentially age anything that the liquor fairy happens to <laughs> right. drop off at our doorstep too. So that is, that is yeah, true. there's added benefits. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be organic and yeah, we, we don't want to do something, um, just to, just to do something. Uh, we want, you know, our, our, firm names are going to be attached to it. We want to have pride in it. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's really cool because, you know, there, there's a lot of people that just, and especially here in, in Texas, and I don't mean to talk about that, but this is the demographic that I know. But like, you'll sure. see, you'll see this distillery pop up out of nowhere, and like, oh, I know the face of that person. They're a you know whiskey blender or whatever. But like, like the financial backing's huge. They're in every total wine like overnight. But then you look at the back, and you know it's MGP. And you're like, okay, well, that's fine. Maybe they're doing some cool blending stuff with it. No, it's two-year-old MGP. What the hell? Okay. You know, so they're, really not, they're really not doing anything to it. And all their money is in the packaging, the labeling, saying it's Texas, you know, all this stuff. And the fact that you guys are, are able to be like, hey, if we're going to put our name on this, it has to be worthwhile. That That means a lot because obviously there's a bunch of people that don't don't care about that. So, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with sourcing whiskey, sourcing your however you source it. Nope. I, I got no problem with that whatsoever. Whatever it takes, you know, for for anybody out there that's trying to do it, but just be open about it and, and say what you're doing. You know, um, look at what um, you know, Crowded Barrels doing with some of that stuff. It's, I mean, like, I mean, like you mentioned with the blending, like you can take that and make something truly badass out of it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're proving that. Um, we actually, I, I mean, you can talk about Texas as much as you want. Yeah, because, we love the whiskey, te the Texas whiskey scene. Yeah. We love it. Uh, you know, I've I've visited a few distilleries down there. We, we oh, pay yeah, attention yeah. to all the social media. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, Bill's been to Balcones. I've been to Andalusia and Crowded okay. Barrel, and okay. you know, uh, actually, we met at Andal at yes, Andalusia. Yes, exactly. Uh, That's right I was, time I was, last year. Yeah, exactly. And and I I tell you what, yeah. that was that was a great day. Like I've been to Andalusia multiple times, and you know, Moose is a crazy bastard, and I love him to death. 
but like he's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And that tour, yeah. the whole experience was probably one of the best uh, distillery experiences I've had because like we got to blend some whiskey that nobody's ever seen and nobody ever will see. And they were just like, here you go. Take this, you know, priceless whiskey and make a blend out of it. Whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. it was, it was yeah. crazy. It was really crazy. And the it fact that, great- and the, and the fact that Jesse was there, that makes it a little easier because anytime I could see that dude, uh, he's doing some amazing stuff as you guys probably already know. And being that you're trying to start a distillery and get the ground rules on, he is a pinnacle in the fact of like, Hey, these recipes are like this and it makes this kind of profile. He's kind of paving the way for craft guys too, because you talk to Alan Bishop and all these other guys and they're watching Jesse's show on their lunch break and they're at a commercial distillery, you know? So it's like, it means means something. So that that's, yeah, that, that to me is super cool that you guys are so you're into it enough to where, you know, you're vested in it, but you're not so into it to where it's like, okay, we got to do it by the end of the month, you know? That that's good. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and by the way, I meant to tell you this. So uh you've had Moose, Jesse, and Alan uh-huh. on in your last three interviews. Yep. And then you bring us two chumps on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't that, don't that uh, make me laugh. No, no, it's this, this, but this is this is what I want. I want the people who are experienced. And I also want the people who are getting into it because like, if you've listened to my podcast at all, the listeners and viewers alike, um, I talk about everything, the, all, the ins and outs of it. And I want to learn about this, this budding community that you guys are trying to, trying to lift up and make a distillery from, from scratch. And I just did a, um, it's going to release this weekend. So I'm going to give you all a sneak peek. By the time this is out, it'll be out already. So it's not a big deal. I uh, interviewed Justin Whaley, um, Alan Bishop's uh, apprentice, and I talked to him about what it's like to be an apprentice, what it's like to be like, know nothing, go into the distillery and like get your ass kicked by moving barrels and dumping 800 gallons of mash all over the floor before it's done and, you know, like screwing up everything (laughs) and learning from that and making good whiskey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see that. Uh I see that. So, so yeah, I I love, I love having people from all gamuts on um, because that's kind of what I want the listeners to know. It's not just, yes, in the end, it's about what's in the glass and you're making a good product. That's great. But it's also the journey, you know, the whole journey Mm -hmm. from start to finish, no matter if you're doing this at your house in your basement or if you're working for Jim Beam, I don't care. I'll have you on. We'll sit here and talk and, you know, we'll go from there. So that's, that to me is, uh, you guys are just as important as anybody else that's going to be on here. So. Well, thanks, man. No problem. <laughs> we need that validation. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, so, so tell us a little bit about the, if you can, you know, I know there's some legality issues with stuff, but tell me a little bit about like kind of your business model. What are you planning on? making if 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 you have a, a list of things and you know kind of what uh take me through a visual of, of like kind of what the distillery lineup will be absolutely it's, uh 
you know, so a real intent is to have just two mainline sort of brand names, uh, which would just be Secret Cord Whiskey and uh, our Secret Cord Intemperance. Um, the our, our straight line Secret Cord is it's just corn and wheat. That's what we have here in Kansas. It's our terroir or whatever you, you know. Awesome. We we have corn and wheat here. So yep. what are we going to use to make make our whiskey with corn and wheat? So um, you know our our mash bill it, it's a little. You know, we like to use red corn, uh, okay. but there ain't no red corn in Kansas. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I only grow it for cows. Yeah, we only grow uh, <laughs> corn to make gas and feed cattle that that's what it's here for um so you know if hey if there's anybody in kansas that's watching right now or wants and grows red corn or wants to grow red corn man we'd love us, to hear yeah, from you know, please. uh yeah. but yeah, that's essentially what what that uh that main line is uh and then our intemperance it's it's actually four grains it's it's got barley and rye in it as well Okay. Uh, and that came out of uh, just a crazy experiment that somebody did. Can't say who. Uh, you know, but beyond that, we we make a we we'd like to make a vodka. Um, you know, I, I think we I, I believe it with all of my heart. We can make a really good vodka that people like. Um, I also like to make and this I, I make. The cellos. I make limoncello, limoncello, okay. orange cello. Yeah. Uh, you know, and those would be kind of our dessert lines. Um, and, uh, that that's kind of our lineup. You know, right. um, dabbled in gin a little bit and yep, brandy. Yep, dabbled in gin, apple brandy. You know, my mom owns an apple orchard, so I can get all the apples there. I want. There you so go. So that's great. There you go. Yeah, but we're creators, Randall. We're we want to i have to be creative i have to be doing something different right. i came from food service i was a chef for a while so being able to like just mix and and mash and do match and do things differently uh, or different things i should say uh, we're going to have that too that's going to be mixed in there that's going to be out here and there but yeah i think if i mean you know if there's anything that uh, we could say uh, about crowded barrel and be uh that's kind of the inspiration behind things uh as well i mean as far as like what what we aim to do as far as the exper uh, exper experimentation uh and everything like that we we're just like messing around and yeah, yeah. uh seeing seeing what works what doesn't i mean honestly it'll all help in the growth of the end but yeah um yeah, I mean, I think it's important to kind of just keep things fresh anyway. Um, and uh, shoot, I had another thought that I was going to say. That's gone though, so I don't remember. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fine because because yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to have uh, Kyle from Crowded Barrel on here in here in a little bit. If he'll he cool. won't return my email, um, and then he did, and he was like, "Oh, the day you want to do it, I'm out of town," and I'm like, "Of course." The one day I want to do it, you're out of town. Anyway, but like what they're what they're doing with the different barrel types and the finishing and all of that stuff with a basic MGP, you know, is is amazing. And the fact that they're making their own stuff as well, 
and yeah. uh, I've got to try three different iterations of the single mom and um, mm. progressively getting better. You know, the first one yeah. was, was good. The second one was better. And this last one was pretty awesome. Um, of course, I only yes. had a sample. I wasn't able to pick up a bottle for some freaking reason. I've been on their Patreon <laughs> for like six years, but yeah, I couldn't get a bottle. Whatever. Um, but Probably because uh, I bought it first. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and that's a good business plan to model off of because they have a marketing strategy like no other. Um, yes. And so being able to kind of not piggyback, but like, I feel like flatter um, to copy, not to copy. Imitation but, uh, is the purest form of flattery. Yeah. That's, that's what I was trying to say, you know, and not that you guys are trying to imitate them or anything, but following in those guidelines that like, Hey, let's try this and see if it works. You know, let's dump yeah. it in an Amberana barrel. Let's try and see if it yeah. tastes good. Now I will tell you from yeah. personal experience, Amberana will get real weird, real fast. So just be aware of that, but be aware um, of that. Okay. It, it, it is, it is very nice um, in small doses, but uh, even if you have like a little domino of it, man, it'll, it'll mess up this bottle right there pretty fast. Give it about half a day. That's all it needs. Ooh. So, okay. but, but anyway, no, that that's super cool that y'all are, are going that route. Um, you know, yeah, we, I was sorry. I just going to jump in there. You know, we talked, we've talked just a minute ago about the Texas whiskey scene and how people are doing things there. It's not, I don't feel like it's that way in Kansas. And that's okay. frustrating. Um, there aren't very many distilleries here to begin with. Right. Um, most of the ones that are here are very nice people. Right. Um, we went to one distillery and I just told the guy, I'll come and work for free. And he said, no, you can't. I can't afford the insurance. I'm like, <laughs> okay, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. He's so, not making any money. You know, Evidently, yeah. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're actually, I don't know if they're in business anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they may, may not even be in business. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. but nonetheless, what kind of what I'm getting to is like, we would love to foster that sort of whiskey community for Kansas. You know, it's not going to be like it is in Texas. I know that because Kansas is, so, is very different uh, when it comes to alcohol laws um, in general. But we would love to foster that sort of mentality where people are working together. I mean, we would love to be able to buy beers from breweries around here and turn them into whiskey and yep. partner in that way. You know, we would the, there are a lot of wineries actually around here. Uh, we would love to partner with them to make our brandies. Yep. Uh, I just don't I don't see that happening. And, and I think it's a shame. I really do. Yeah, that is. And, and, and it goes it kind of goes back to the whole. Uh, you, you mentioned it a little earlier, the terroir, you know, of trying to use local stuff that's around you being, i.e. the breweries. I know that might they might get their barley from somewhere else, but like it's their beer grown, you know, made locally that you're then distilling yeah. and making it into a, something or using their barrels to age your whiskey in or whatever, like being able to do that and create a community. Now, I don't know how many, like I don't know of offhand, which I don't know a lot of distilleries in the Midwest, especially, but like 
which how many distilleries are actually in Kansas that I would even know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> there would be there would be one. That, there's one that? that you may have heard of, uh, Boot Hill Distillery in yes. in Dodge City. I mean, barely. That, that's, barely. Barely. That's yeah. the one. The, yeah. uh, Kansas City has has quite a few distilleries, but you well, you've heard of Jay Riker. Mm -hmm. uh, you you've heard of them, but maybe Holiday and maybe Holiday. They're mostly though on the Missouri side. Right. Yeah, they're not on the Kansas on the Kansas side. Right. But there are some really cool distilleries in Kansas City. But Kansas City is like its own thing, like Dallas is to Texas. Dallas right, exactly. is its own, actually right. its own state, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. and, and that's the same way for Kansas City. But for the rest of us, yeah, I don't know. There's maybe a half a dozen distilleries in the rest of Kansas, and only one of them, Boot Hill, is something that you may have heard of. Wow. Well, there's, wow. I can tell you just from market research, there are two within 140 miles of us. Yeah. So then that one would be Boot Hill, and then yeah. there's the Emporia at Trolley House. But yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a small maker as well. But yeah. So I mean, that kind of gives you the corner on the market, which is great. Um, but also, yeah. is there a reason there's not so many distilleries around there? Is there not a a populace for it? You know, to thrive. And I guess that's just going to have to be market research and stuff like that. But like, if the breweries yeah. are thriving. And all of that's going well, then the distillery should go. If you're if you're marketing it well, and it sounds like you're going to be, uh, if you're marketing it well and you're also creating a good product. Obviously, if you're making a shit product, people aren't going to want to buy it. Or they'll buy it one time and they're like, I'm never going back there again. There's a reason I go to Andalusia all the time is because they make kick-ass stuff. And, um, yeah. and, you know, they kick me some stuff under the table as well. So, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> a, perks, that's a perks no. of, uh, you know, being over there. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. if you, if you can find your little niche and just kind of go from there, I think it's going to turn into something huge. I really do. Uh, we definitely, I mean, we definitely have a, a whiskey scene here. I mean, uh, there are a couple of bars that uh, open with, Basically, I mean, primary focus being on their whiskey selection, just kind of more, uh, uh, what do they call the, the barrels that everybody, or the bottles that everybody would get. Um, you mean barrel picks? Not barrel picks, but uh, the phrase is escaping me. But anyways, like they'll, uh, they'll be able to get bottles that a lot of other places here won't. Um, there's definitely, <laughs> the bad thing is, is uh, we don't get as much, here and so we have a horrible secondary market uh, whiskey uh, community in town that will try to turn around and sell a bottle of Blanton's for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I guess I mean I'm sure that probably exists everywhere. But uh, we we have people here. I mean, I'm part of multiple whiskey groups. Uh, we've done tastings with uh, a few different people from around town that we've never met before yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's, there's a market for it. I mean, we have 400,000 people or something. I don't even remember what, in the surrounding yeah. area. Well, yeah. 400,000 city proper. Yeah. yeah. So for, for us, that's, that's a good market for us Absolutely. And, and we'll be happy with that. Uh, the other, there was, or maybe still is, who knows, a distillery here in Wichita I'm going to tell you, I didn't know they really existed until I started looking at, at 
this is a business. And then it was like, oh, I didn't even know they were here. So that goes back to the marketing thing. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what I think Bill is great at. That's what Bill's doing so well is even call it cheating or not. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like cheating sometimes. Even before we have product on the shelves, we're talking about whiskey. We're talking about our our community. We're talking about, you know, trying to, we're just getting our name. I mean, is the more people that hear our name when the time comes, the better that'll be for us. Yeah. Does that make absolutely. sense? Absolutely. And so speaking of name, where did you come up with Secret Court? What is, where did that name come from? <laughs> uh, it- honestly, just, uh, it's a combination of things. So um, we met each other at church. And so right. we've gone to church with each other for uh, eight years, eight years, nine years, something like that. And I don't know what the deal was with, but one particular week, and this was after we had already decided to try to do this thing and we needed a name. And, um, Leonard Cohen, or is it Leonard Cohen? Leonard yeah, Cohen. Leonard Cohen, yeah. that Hallelujah song. I heard it like 12 times in one week. And the very <laughs> first line of the song is I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. And then like that same week we we're at church uh, and that passage that talks about David playing the lyre uh, to draw out the demons, uh, it came up in, in service and it's just like, all right, secret just kind of seems to be speaking to, to yeah. me at the moment. And so... Okay. The spirit is speaking to us. Yeah, the spirit spoke to us. (laughs) I love that. I love that. No, no, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, and it's such a cool name because, like, it makes people think about it. And that's that's what you want Mm. when you have a name. Like, there's a lot of people that just do their last name and distilling or whatever. And if your name isn't catchy enough to where, like, oh, I know that. And obviously, you know, everybody's going to the – different bottles designs and stuff like that because you know they think they're catchy but as you well know looking at the 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 eleanor that you have and the eleanor that i have it's like you gotta pick the glass that's gonna be the right glass um there's a there's a distillery in uh south carolina old old riley distillery um and they have this very ornate bottle with a twisted neck and it's all it's very beautiful and i'm like yeah that's great for right now unless you have eight million pallets of it back there like they're not going to be able to keep up because i know of people here locally in my town that do um jams and jellies if you know you know um they have had to change bottle designs like five different times because they can't get the glass and so that yeah. that's another thing like you don't want a bottle like this on the shelf because they're going to put it like that and you're not going to be able to read the label or anything like that. Yeah. You want it facing this way, but they're not, that's too much real estate. So, you know, finding a bottle that is, is easy to procure and also stands out in a liquor store or whatever, even if you're thinking of going to, yeah. store, you know, and that's these things that people don't have the talks about, like, we haven't talked about the glass. We haven't talked about the corks that go in the glass. We, you know, we haven't talked about label design. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff has to, be pre- has to be pre-approved before you even get started. So it's like, oh yep. my god, yep. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So tell me some of the it's struggles. Been, yeah, yeah, it's been conversations for sure. Um, and we we have an idea of like what we want to go with for glass, uh, but it does. It breaks down to that, and then it's like. 
maybe we could get it, but do we want to get it for four dollars a bottle after you're buying lower number of cases? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. we're yeah something small, so we're not going to be looking to yeah. buy. We're not going to buy forty thousand forty thousand yeah. bottles. Of time. Yeah, you know, we're not going to yeah. do that. But so. between that and barrels, uh, <laughs> barrels are also kind of a bitch to, <laughs> to yeah, procure. But uh, I mean, even now, like, not that we would, uh, you know, be looking for a barrel or anything like that. Uh, but uh, you know, we—it's all very small. Like, we wouldn't have. Uh, it would take us a while to fill a barrel, I think. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but if that be the case, you know, the space also. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that kind of—I could bring up another talking point is just how we, uh, how one could age something that doesn't oh. have a barrel. Yeah. So everybody knows that using chips and staves doesn't do the same thing that a barrel does. No, it doesn't. We all know that. Um, however, there are some things you can do with chips and staves that, that can be helpful. And, and we're playing with that. You know, we're, we're trying to sort that out. That's not – ultimately, we don't want that to be our profile is all right. those guys use chips and staves. But what can we do to get bottles on the shelf sooner and still, and of course, still be quality? Right. And and I'll honestly say I learned a lot from Jesse about Absolutely. using staves. You know, and and he's open about it. I'm open. I think everybody really that uses that method is open about it. But I mean, is it valid or is it not valid? I don't really know, but I'm not afraid to try it. And, and maybe, I mean, that's kind of our, our thing is we want to be able to put white dog, new make on the shelf. We want to be able to put six month on the shelf and we want to be able to put two year and then four year on the shelf. Right. And, you know, and like you said, with the labeling and everything being approved, like those things have to be approved, you know, like, can we call it whiskey if it's aged six months in something with, with extra chips or extra staves? You know, I don't know. We'll, I mean, you know. legality-wise, yes, which which is kind of, you know, what whatever. But um, also look into, you know, I know that uh, Bad Motivator Barrels, um, I'm going to have Chris yeah. on next. I'm going to have Chris on next week. Um, I was cool. originally trying to get Ben Quady yeah, on, but... but 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 as as you well know, he passed away. So that that was kind of difficult. But you know, I know that Padmo's making a barrel that's a little under two gallons. So something yeah. doing something like that, to where you can get the oak influence. And I don't know how your heat profile is in Kansas, but in Texas, it makes a lot a lot of difference because if you have a wood barrel, let's say it's two gallons, you have a wood barrel. It's going to evaporate so much and so fast that within yeah. a year, you're not going to have anything left. And if it is, it's going to be so over oaked, you're going to think you're drinking Garrison. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. you know, around here, uh, around here, uh, we get three months of, of pretty well blazing heat, you know, upper 90s, low 100s. For about three months, the rest of the time it's actually pretty mild. It's it's right. it's okay. The rest of the time, uh, we, 
we used to get really cold. We don't anymore, you know, because uh, uh, conspiracy theories. But I say it. I say no. <laughs> but no, we got. I think this is a good environment for aging long term. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. We definitely have the fluctuation. Yeah, we have the fluctuation that helps. You know, it's not always hot. It's not always cold and damp. No. We kind of get both. So we we can't like Kansas kind of carries the reputation. We have like eighteen seasons. <laughs> yeah. You know, we get like first first spring. You know, first summer, second or third winter. Yeah. Back to yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of crazy the way the weather is around here, but yeah, we that is something we've definitely thought of. We, um, you know, have worked with a, a person and uh, currently trying to fill a, a five gallon barrel, and it's a used uh, rye barrel, and so we're curious first off to see how that is. I mean, they paid us, so we're. <laughs> We paid the liquor fair. Uh, yeah, we, uh, which we uh, we, we immediately in turn left under our pillow, uh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we're, I'm I'm very curious because it'll be our first go with that, and yeah. Um, yeah. it'll be you know shed kept, and so it will experience every single one of those weather changes. And I'm very curious to see how it how it goes here because there's not a lot of people that we can even ask around here to be like, Hey, so how is that? Like, how does that work? Cause even the ones that we went and visited in Kansas city are all in climate controlled areas. So, yeah. And, and that, and that to me is why you have to reach out to communities outside of yourself. Like, like you guys are doing like with, with Jesse and all these other outlets, because there's a lot of information out there. And if, if, uh, the thing from 2020 that'll never go away has taught us anything. It's that people are doing the research on stuff now. And like, you can learn pretty much anything you want to learn out there. And so it's just getting those facts and like, Hey, what is going to happen in my region? And what are the comparable things that could happen? And that's why like Jesse bearded and board, all these people that are doing these things, um, in different climates, like New Zealand is a way different climate than we have, obviously. So, yeah. I mean, they're in yeah, freaking yeah. winter right now. I don't know how you can have winter in a – anyway, anyway, long story. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, so it's 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 cool to see that y'all are, are stepping out and trying to do other things. But I also understand the apprehensiveness of, like, just going balls to the wall with it because like it's a lot and like you would almost have to quit your day jobs which everybody wants to quit their dreaded day job i mean don't get me wrong we all want to do that but at the same time like getting investors getting money then you got to worry about am i making enough can i feed my family can i do you know like is this worth it in the long run and that's the things that you guys are having to toil through right now which is really great because obviously you're still going so that means there's some drive and initiative there, but also there's the the passion behind it, and it's slowly becoming a thing, which obviously yeah. I heard about you guys for I've heard about you guys for a while just from all the funky posts that y'all are doing and stuff. So you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we we like to have fun with it and. 
I I've fallen in love with it. Just genuinely not and I it, not in a, a in a passing fad kind of way. Like I look forward to every experience, every experiment, every failure when we when I fail, you know, I hate it in the moment, but gosh, I learned so much from it. You know, it's it's and then when when you take that failure and turn it around into a success and I've just fallen in love with the whole process. I, I've fallen in love with the community. The, the people are all great that I've encountered so far that I've encountered yourself, you know, everybody that I've sought advice from and asked questions of, Hey, what did I do wrong here? Or what, you know, what should I have done differently or that those kind of things that I think it's just, it's lovely. That, that's the best way I can put it. It's lovely. And I'd say, worst case scenario, we never have to pay for whiskey again in our lives. <laughs> so. Absolutely. There, there you go. If you can make product, if you can make product that you'll drink, hey, there you go. At least you did that much. If nobody buys it, you got pallets <laughs> in the back ready to go. You know. <laughs> that, that's, that's Christmas funny. gifts forever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. I mean. I don't know, man. It's like, and I've said this multiple times on, on this podcast and like people need to get out of their own way a little bit. And I feel like that's what you guys are doing. You're getting out of your own way and being like, let's let this happen. Like you said, organically, and it, yeah. it, it'll be what it's going to be. And it might take a little longer or it might, you know, end up costing us more money in the long run or whatever. But at least it's something that you can say at the end of the night when you go to bed, you can say, hey, we made a stride today or we didn't make yes. a stride today. You can you can have ownership of whatever you're doing pushing forward. And I think that is very commendable. Like like I've said multiple times with this podcast, I'm not trying to do it to impress anybody or anything. I'm doing it for myself and the, you know, the. The millions of listeners. No, I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not. We're not at that yet. But at the same time, like I want to be able to go back to this episode right now, in a year, and be like, "Wow, I was so naive back then." Like right now, I'm blowing yeah. up. You know, I want to be able to do that. And in order to do that, yep. you have to get out of your own way. And I, I feel like y'all are nailing that. Um, so to caveat that, <clears throat> what are some of the hypothetical project projects that y'all are working on uh, right now that are kind of uh, kicking the fires up. I know you said something about a four grain and a, and a, a heavy wheat uh, bourbon. Um, yep. what, what else do you have in the, I mean, other than the, the vodka and stuff like that, are you working on any pet projects? Yeah. So like right now there's a real heavy focus on understanding hint, hint, uh, how to make a good rye whiskey um, that is that is primarily rye. And, you know, we're talking like, uh, like 70, 65, 70% rye, you know, 20, 20-ish percent uh, corn and, you know, whatever's left of, of barley, you know, just how, how do you make yeah, yeah. How do you how do you make that? How do you make that so that it's 
palatable and and tasty and has all of the markers of of a good rye whiskey that uh you know that our friends and family already enjoy but has our own flavor and our own spin on it um you know uh you know the vodka is kind of i mentioned that but we're really trying to understand how to make a, a vodka that is that is clean but has flavor yep i i don't like a vodka that is just neutral spirit yeah you, know, you might as well buy a bottle of everclear and proof it down yep. you know cut it in half with this you know with water if you, i want a vodka that tastes good as a vodka but then you can put in mixed drinks because that's what vodka is really for i think right. in america anyway yeah mm -hmm. so, so you know, we're really trying to understand how to do that. Um, we we definitely got to figure out how to make uh, orange cello and limoncello uh, in mass scale. Like, you know, it's real easy right now to make it with a couple dozen lemons or, or a couple of oranges and, yeah. you know, a bottle of high proof spirits. I can do that all day long. I can I can go and buy Everclear. And, and the fruit and make that happen. You know, I can do that, but how do I do that times a thousand? Yeah, like absolutely. That, that's you know, trying to understand what can I use that is commercially available that I don't have to put a lot of work into to get that, that essence, that, you know, the, the, the essence of oils, the essential oil, you know, whatever comes out of the peels, the zest, you know, that kind of thing. Um, what else are we, have you got in the pipe? So I will say it's nothing uh, that we'd immediately look at, but one of the things that kind of inspired me, we took this uh, distillery trip over to Kansas city back in March. And, uh, now I get a shout out. It's like my favorite one was West bottoms, but, uh, yeah, West <laughs> bottoms all the way. Yeah. But, uh, uh, man, one thing that I was just actually really inspired by was the fact that they got a Kansas city, uh, actual designation of whiskey. Mm. Okay. Saying that, uh, I will say, like, it involves actually what is it? A little bit of not brandy. It's a sherry. Little, yeah, sherry. sherry. A little bit of yeah. sherry. So it's like it almost seems more like a cocktail than a whiskey designation. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Regardless, it's yeah. delicious. Um, and but I man, I would love to create something. And I thought maybe. You know, looking at like the the holy trinity of Kansas grain and coming up with some sort of mash bill that um, we could start as a Wichita whiskey or a yeah yeah you absolutely know, so so what what are the what, what are the three oh, grains what what are the three grains there's corn wheat and what else uh, probably looking at soy would be our, our third biggest yeah. one here yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's like, it, it would take, I think that it's going to, that would be something that's going to have to take a lot of experimentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've never, I don't think we've really ever messed around with soy. No, not at all. But this is a surprise to me. I'm only just hearing this for yeah, the first so, time. Well, so. and it's like, I mean, this is something, well, I talked to you about getting, doing a designation or like attempting. Okay, so now I got to learn how to make beer with soy. Long, Randall, how do you like that? But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it can be done. And no, you know, 
something that we did talk about. You know, the, those are the grains around here, but we also have, guess what, sunflowers. Oh, yeah. And, and we actually tried a sunflower whiskey once, and it wasn't bad. It was, it was pretty good. And, and that's something I would like to get into where, you know, corn, wheat, and then, and then the sunflowers and uh, sunflower seed, you know, I, it's very different than using a grain, but I, I know it can happen. I know it can be done. And that's something I would love to see for secret cord in the, in the future. Is that, yeah. 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 And because sunflowers in themselves have a flavor, but then if you toast them, or lightly char them, break them up a little bit, they present a totally different flavor. It's almost umami in the in the fact that it's like it almost gets a little briny. I would say not like Isla Scotchy, but like it gets a little uh funk on it, which is what some people want. You know, like we we've talked at nauseum about how bourbon tastes like bourbon, tastes like bourbon. It's always the same three notes that you get, the, the mm -hmm. variance is 10 to 15%, maybe. So if you can put something in there, and that's why Corsair and all these other distilleries are using like quinoa and all these other um, grains right. yeah. that are just going way crazy, is because they're trying to do different things to make it not bourbon, which bourbon in itself, great, right? But like if you've had one bourbon, you've had quite a few bourbons, you know, like yeah. I tell everybody, don't buy Blanton's, buy this, you know, like why are you hunting this bottle that you can't get, you know, when you can get this, it's from the same distillery, same mash bill, same everything, you know, so anyway, rant over. It's all um, <laughs> Where, who, who, who does produce Blanton's? Is it Buffalo Trace? Buffalo Trace, yep. Yes. Yeah, okay, Buffalo see? Yep. Yeah. And so yeah. that's the thing. Buffalo Trace produces, what, 20% uh, of the whiskey market out there? You know, we're talking yeah. all, all the Weller line now, um, yeah. you know. And to me, the baseline Buffalo Trace is, is good. Don't get me wrong. But benchmark, look at, look at all these other ones that they've procured over the years. They're just as good. And if I can get a bottle of Benchmark foolproof for like 20 bucks, I'm going to go for that over the Weller 107, which I know Weller's a, a weeded and it's a little different. But like, come on, if I can get it for 20 bucks, it's well worth it. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those ones that chases that tag. And I don't know if you guys are. And, I'm, and if you are, that's no big deal. But like, you know, like I have nice whiskeys. And that's great. But at the same time, I have whiskeys that I'm like, I don't care if you have this. Have have this bottle. I don't care. Like, I can go get another one, and it's amazing. Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. Amazing whiskey. Um, early times. Bottle, I, I'm a Bottle and Bond kind of guy. I don't know why, because, like, the 100 proof is right on the line of what I like. I like a little higher than 100 proof, but... Um, it holds up in a cocktail. It does all that. So, like, I think having a good bourbon is, you know, is one of those things. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Sorry. I ran into Very much so. You know, so chasing labels, I mean, I got that hmm? several years ago 
and we you can't get this around here. It's, oh, it's really? not here. I was in a different state, and I saw that, and I, and I grabbed it, and I wouldn't let the guys open it because I was being really stingy with it. And we finally did, and you know, and so great. But that you know, that I do. I chase labels, but I also I know that there is good whiskey that is not. It doesn't have to be expensive. You know, as long as it's not, you know, ditch, <laughs> yeah, you know, down absolutely. in the ditch. But. Yeah, we're not drinking Kessler's, okay? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're not we're not mixing vodka with our whiskey here. But like, I can right. tell you, I can tell you from personal experience. You know, I've had whiskeys that are well over ten thousand dollars. You know, and then I've had whiskeys that are well over ten dollars. And like, <laughs> you know, the, okay, don't get me wrong. Once you hear that, Hey, this whiskey costs $10,000. You're like, Ooh, but after you Ooh. get over the hype, you're like, really? So I think another thing, and this is going back to you guys, um, throwing it back to you guys, having a fair product for a fair price is something that this, like the market is changing. Like, Okay, how do I say it? The, the whiskey connoisseur is falling back a little bit because we're going into a sort of recession. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not political. I don't care. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, we're going into a recession on whiskey buying. So it's all these big dogs that are coming in and buying everybody's whiskey collection. Please buy mine. 150K, you can have all my whiskey. I don't care. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But at the same time, like there's these people out there that are getting um I lost my train of thought. They're it's gone. It's gone. Shit. Well that maybe I can help you out because I mean that's our that's that's part of our business model is our our secret cord, which is our our main brand, that's gonna be that should be around a, a forty-five, fifty dollar bottle. You know, I mean, that, that's where it should be at. The, the intemperance, it takes a little more work. It takes a little more material. You know, that's going to be a $65 bottle, probably. You know, somewhere around there, depending on what the market yeah, looks like. Absolutely. Um, you know, so we're not, we we want to keep our, our product at a, at a price point that um, it's accessible for, for anybody, really, but also not not a turnoff is that does that make sense because you know we could offer our whiskey maybe i shouldn't say this on on public television that wait this isn't public television yeah, it's not anyway it's, it's private we could we could sell our bottles for a little bit less and make it a budget whiskey but do we want to do that that's not that's not what our brand is. It's not a budget whiskey. It's a craft whiskey. And Absolutely. and guess what? It's a craft whiskey. And, you know, I think craft whiskey makers deserve to get paid for what they do. Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. I don't if, – if you're asking $150 for a bottle, you better have some damn good whiskey in there. But if you're asking $50, 60 bottles, $60 for a bottle – Okay, I, you know I can get behind that, and 
if it's not good, I don't feel like I got cheated. If it's great, I feel like I won a prize. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like creating a fair product, a good product for a fair price is what, what the world was kind of made on. Like, like we're just out here, everybody's trying to make a dollar and you're trying to present a good product. And if you can do that, uh Oh yeah. Yeah. What do we get? Oh, Oh, he's Sorry. trying to, he's Where trying to that? find something. Who I'm are you trying to find the intemperance with the Cabernet. Oh, buddy. I don't know where that went. I think you drank it all. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. Sorry, we're slowing the program. No, no, no yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, so what is the difference between your base, your base model and your intemperance? So what is the difference between those two? Well, the biggest difference is the inclusion of barley and rye. So if if our regular secret cord is, let's just say something like 70-30, uh -huh. then, then our intemperance is going to be more like 51-30-70. Uh, uh, something like that. Right. Um, and, and we bring the barley forward and drop the wheat back. Okay. So it's, it's corn, barley, wheat, and rye. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because the wheat's going to present yeah. as a little musty, a little grainy, whereas the wheat would kind of tamp it down and give it a little bit of uh, softness. And then the rye is just yeah. there for a little bit of spice and maybe some uh, – some uh, baking spice and stuff like that. So yeah, that yeah. that's that's really interesting to me. So let me see where we're at. Just to make oh, sure sorry. you end up with some of that. <laughs> so, so go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like the notes that I I notice with intemperance is um, whether you know there's that corn sweetness up front, right? And and that's that's intended. I, I want that there. But there's, there's that kind of, it's very smooth. You know, I mean, everybody says, oh, it's smooth. But, I mean, it, it's pretty drinkable. I mean, right. you can take a, a higher proof of it and, and drink and not feel like you're on fire. Right. But that rye adds, like, just a in the combination, I, I feel like we get, like, a little bit of black pepper almost. So it's it's – that weird thing of like when you add salt to caramel, oh, absolutely! How how it makes the caramel taste so much better. Mm -hmm. To me, adding that little bit of black pepper, that little bit of that just tiny of bit of of spice mm -hmm. to the sweetness yep. makes the sweetness just oh, just come alive, and and not in a way that makes you feel like you're eating a bowl of of uh, cornflakes, you know, frosted cornflakes, but in a way that's like this is what sweet should be, if right. that makes sense. Right. It does. It makes total sense. And see, the, the the issue that people get with, like, high corn content is corn is basically there for ethanol. That's all it's really there for. And it has an innate sweetness, a little bit of corniness. If you get too high in it, it gets to, like, buttered popcorn, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, you need to have these adjunct grains 
And I would tell you guys, and I'm not trying to invert in your in your business at all. I don't want to be a partner unless you want me to be. Whatever, it's fine. Uh, but <laughs> like, doing doing some like caramel malts or some chocolate malts, yeah, just to kind of throw a little bit of something in there because like I from the distilleries that I've had, which is in the millions. No, it's it's quite a few. Like when they throw a caramel malt or a or a um, chocolate malt or something in there, it totally changes the entire profile yeah. of the thing. And it might be one percent, you know what I mean? And right. it changes everything. So you could do like a, a temperance one, two, and three, where you just changed one of the adjunct grains, you know, a little bit. Awesome. And and like you could just change up so many things. And like put them in small five gallon releases to where you get 20, 30 bottles out of it. And it's like, once it's gone, it's gone. Sorry, guys. You know, it should have been there. Or, you know, or you have that some club that's like, hey, this is first come, first serve. Take your take your bottle. And then that's where, you know, a distillery in itself starts to cure like profit is from single barrel picks and stuff like that. And I know you guys are looking into that in the future as well, because yep. like with all of that, you want to make a base product that can go out to store and stuff like that. And that's great. But it's like doing these one-offs to me, the one-offs are my jam. Like when Andalusia came out with their, their Revenant Oak in a rum barrel, I was there when they did the Revenant Oak in a, in a uh, brandy barrel. I was there. You know, like there's so many things yeah. that like in Balcones, I mean, they're probably on the top of the deck when it comes to, to finishing stuff because they do the Madeira. They do like all of these things, like the red corn, blue corn, like all these different corn varietals and stuff like that. And changing one grain in that whole subject changes the entire profile of the thing. And that's right. one of the cool things I think that y'all are trying to do and I'm not trying to put myself in, in y'all's place, but like you're trying to do that. You're trying to be just that yeah. much more different than anybody else. And yeah. I, I applaud you guys for that. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was being very coy about our mash bill, but it's <laughs> hilarious that you say the chocolate, the, the chocolate malts and, and those things. Actually, we have a smoked wheat. Our, our intemperance does have smoked wheat and, uh, and chocolate wheat and, and chocolate rye. So we're using those specifically as our rise and, or as our uh, adjuncts. Um, and a few with, I'm actually looking at my notes if you can't tell. No, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> but, do what you gotta uh, do. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's got the, it's got that in it, you know, and like I say, I was, I was being really coy, but. No, no, uh, no, and, and I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot at all. <laughs> no. I, I want you to be at, like you're saying, we're all being organic with all this. And, and that's yeah. the cool thing is you guys are, are innovating in your own way. And like Kansas, yeah. once you guys get up and going, Kansas is going to know what hit them. Seriously. Yeah. Like if you, if you're putting this shit out, like, come on, man, come on. Seriously. Like y'all need yeah. to, maybe, maybe you need to think about getting some investors because I think I think we're uh, fixing to hit pretty hard. So 
Well, I mean, if you know any, I mean, we're not, we're not going to shut it down. Yeah, yeah, no, if, if you know any, send them our way. <laughs> thank you, man. I, yeah, it's very, we're very grateful for that. Thank yes, you. No, me. No, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. All right, so we're going to wrap it up right now. And I, if you guys want to, again, post uh, uh link any sort of socials you guys have. I know you don't have a whole lot because you guys are, uh, you know, under the radar, but – at the same time, if y'all want to grow, uh, this this yep. uh, this is the time to do it um, because I don't have many many sources out there, but the ones I do have are pretty big. So um, just go ahead and hit me awesome. with those, and then uh, we'll close out, and y'all stay on because I want to talk to you after, of course. Yeah, of course. Cool. Um, yeah, so at Secret Cord Distillery um, on Instagram and Facebook, um, we'll keep doing stupid shit to post on the internet or I'll, I'll keep doing stupid yes, shit. He doesn't, he doesn't really get on camera, but, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm not above putting it out there. I, we, we live our lives and we'll put a little taste of it out there because it is ultimately a very good life that we, I think that we both yeah. live and, Absolutely. um, yeah. So secret core distillery, just look it up. That's <laughs> awesome. Secret core distillery. Yeah. All right. So, I had to I had to get a little bit more just to just to cheers you guys. But until next time, you guys keep your spirits up. <laughs>